Good morning, church. And happy Sabbath, real happy Sabbath to each of you, um, despite the weather out there. It's nice. Um, 60 degrees in rain, that's nice weather. And instead of snow and five below, right? All right. Christmas is three days past. We cannot go there again. It will not be repeated. Therefore, my sermon is not about Christmas. <laughs> Although we are still in the season, my wife in the elders' preaching calendar told me that I should say something about the new year. Something encouraging and all that. However, the new year is three days in the future. We shan't go there because it is unknown to us. Only our God knows the future. However, we will be encouraged here in the present, in which we can only live. You recognize that I am not a pastor nor preacher. I'm not giving an excuse, but stating a fact. However, I thank God that he has made me a writer. I will read my message to you after I share with you this song that inspired my message for today. Then you'll understand the title. Thank you. 
Father God, this is a day that you made for man and not man for it to do whatever he wants to do. You long to communicate. You long to commune and fellowship with us. I thank you for this day. I ask that you be with me as I deliver the message that you have given me for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Scripture reading for today was supposed to have been a mistake of mine. Genesis 2, 1 to 3. So I will read it. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested from all that he created. Desire of Ages further states that, quote, In the beginning, the Father and the Son had rested upon the, seventh, the Sabbath after their work of creation. The Creator and all heavenly beings rejoiced in contemplation of the glorious scene. End quote. I venture to say that perhaps Jesus Christ was the only one in Jerusalem in A.D. 31 who rested on that Sabbath. We think that we are resting on Sabbath, but do we really? Like us today, most in Jerusalem in A.D. 31 did not get a complete Sabbath rest. I would like to analyze five such people. The tumultuous thief... Pontius Pilate, the pre, uh, procurator, the seasoned soldiers, the pitiful priests, and the discouraged disciples. First, we need to analyze the concept rest. When I say that these five categories of people did not get a Sabbath rest, what am I talking about? I imagine that some of them slept that Friday night and most slept that Saturday night after all the excitement had dissipated, but did they have a Sabbath rest? According to dictionary.com, rest is, quote, the refreshing quiet or repose of sleep, refreshing ease or inactivity after exertion or labor, relief or freedom, especially from wearies, troubles, or disturbance. Easton's Bible Dictionary says this about resting on Sabbath. Sabbath, 
or the verb Shabbat from Hebrew, meaning to rest from labor, the day of rest. It is first mentioned as having been instituted in paradise when man was in innocence. The Sabbath was made for man as a day of rest and refreshment for the body and blessing for the soul. So, Wilton was mentioned in Sabbath school this morning that we are diminutive projection or aspect of Adam and Eve. So from creation, they were made perfect. Why did they need to rest? They had human bodies way beyond our capacity. God, why did he need to rest? It's not just physical. I want to venture. In addition, from a non-SDA scholar, the Sabbath, originally instituted for man at his creation, is of permanent and universal obligation. The physical necessities of man require Sabbath of rest. He is so constituted that his bodily welfare needs at least one day in seven for rest from ordinary labor. Experience also proves that the moral and spiritual necessities of men also demand a Sabbath of rest. I am more and more sure by experience that the reason for the observance of the Sabbath lies deep in the everlasting necessities of human nature, and that as long as man is man, the blessedness of keeping it, not as a day of rest only, but as a day of spiritual rest would never be annulled. I certainly do feel by experience the eternal obligation because of the eternal necessity of the Sabbath. The soul withers without it. It thrives in proportion to its observance. The Sabbath was made for man. God made it for men in a certain spiritual state because they needed it. The need, therefore, is deeply hidden in human nature. That Friday morning, way back in A.D. 31, Jesus was led through the narrow streets of the city of David, out the city gates to Calvary's Hill, the place of the skull. There, he was nailed to that cruel cross and crucified. Crucifixion, one of the most horrible forms of execution used for slaves and the worst of criminals, his pre-Sabbath preparation, he forgave, practicing his own counsel to forgive and love our enemies. Ellen G. White tells us in Desire of Ages that while the soldiers were doing their fearful work, Jesus prayed for his enemies. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He obeyed, not yielding to his own divine power to relieve his own suffering. With his life fading, Christ had pre-Sabbath Bible reading on the cross, pointing the astute Bible scholar to Isaiah 53, verse 12. Isaiah, if you'd like to follow along with me. 53, verse 
Therefore, I would divide or give him a portion among the great, and he would divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors, which prophesied that the Messiah would be numbered with the transgressors and criminals in his death. So this is prophecy fulfilled on that cross that Friday afternoon. However, Christ was not a criminal. The real criminal was the tumultuous thief, who was Barabbas, as his co-conspirator. This thief was meeting his destiny, the consequences of his sinful life. He had heard Pilate find no fault in Christ compared with his own criminal history. He had seen and heard Jesus. Instead of surrendering to Jesus, he had run away. Quote, he had plunged deeper and deeper into sin until he was arrested, tried as a criminal, and condemned to die on the cross. End quote. Only hours separated him from eternity, and still he railed against Jesus. He did not go out peacefully. He did not get any Sabbath rest. E.G. White in Desire of Ages tells us that both men who were crucified with Jesus had at first railed upon him and only and one under his suffering only because became more desperate and defiant. Defiant one did not rest, but eventually died in his sins and will eventually face the second death but not so with his companion. The other thief soon came to the realization that Christ was the Messiah. Elmer White tells us that hope is mingled with anguish in his voice as the helpless dying soul casts himself upon a dying savior. Lord, remember me, he cries, when thou comest into thy kingdom. The dying thieves have no longer anything to fear from man but upon one of them presses the conviction that there is a God to fear, a future to cause him to tremble, and with the acceptance of this divine revelation, rested in God after calling Jesus Lord, and then hearing the answer, Verily I say unto you today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. A penitent thief who was saved at the eleventh hour, as he as Christ spoke the words of promise, the dark cloud that seemed to enshroud the cross was pierced by a bright and living light. To the penitent thief came the perfect peace of acceptance with God. This thief rested. The tumultuous thief did not rest. Although Ellen G. White warns us to guard the edges of the Sabbath, Jesus worked while the day was on because, like the Bible says, there's no labor in the grave. His work of salvation, he saved. A common criminal crucified on one side of Jesus was the one to recognize the truth that the religious leaders denied. These were the only words of faith Jesus heard at his crucifixion which seems to be a sad occasion around the cross on earth, but all heaven rejoices at one sinner who comes to repentance. 
Jesus was making the remarkable claim that even on that day, the very darkest moment of his own human existence, he could still confidently assure that belief in him was the only means by which the dying thief could receive eternal life. That was Sabbath preparation. And salvation came to one. Now don't tell me that Jesus cannot save. Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible quotes, Jesus is the same name as Joshua. And the reason of that name is clear. For those whom Christ saves, he saves from their sins, from the guilt of sin by the merit of his death, and from the power of sin by the spirit of his grace. In addition, Desire of Ages feels in detail that upon the very day of his death, three men, differing widely from one another, had declared their faith. He who commanded the Roman guard, he who bore the cross of the Savior, and he who died upon the cross at his, at his side. These three men rested on that Sabbath day. So this sermon could also be titled, He Rested, Three Rested, But Most Did Not Rest. Do you? Then night came. The sun set even though it was still daytime. After communion with his father, with his celestial father one last time, saying, it is finished, Jesus died. The fulfillment of a myriad millenniums of prophecies regarding Christ's atoning sacrifice, the central event of the plan of salvation. From the beginning, the manger, to the end, the cross, God remained in full control of the situation and he would let his son die for us. And now he was dead. He rested. It was Sabbath, and he rested, proven in death that, Matthew 12, 8, for the Son of Man is what? For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Pilate, the procurator, was someone else who did not get a Sabbath rest. Easton's Bible Dictionary tells us that this about Pilate. He was the sixth in the order of the Roman procurators of Judea. That's from uh, 26 AD, uh, 23 AD to 26 AD. His headquarters were at Caesarea, but he frequently went up to Jerusalem his reign extended over the period of the ministry of John the Baptist and of Jesus Christ. In connection with those trials, his name comes into prominent notice. Pilate was a typical Roman, yet pleasure-loving, imperious, and corrupt. The historical account from the life of Jophias, Fabius Jophias, a Jewish historian in the first century A.D., wrote shortly after the time of Jesus, quote, Now there was about this time Jesus a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men 
as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross. So what I just read there is from historical records, not just from the Bible, historical records, right? So history has pointed out that Jesus was the Christ, that Pilate had him crucified. So for the atheists that say that there was no Christ, Jesus wasn't God, Jesus wasn't Christ, he wasn't crucified, all that is just uh, what the Bible says, just made up stories by the Israelites or the Christians. Okay, no, we have a record from history. On that Sabbath, Pilate was still worrying. Remember the definition of rest. Pilate was still worrying about his wife's dream, after which she had implored him to have nothing to do with the just person. And Pilate worried about the sign he had provisioned over the cross. And we know that the sign wasn't just, oh, let me put this up there. It was prophecy being fulfilled and God still in control. This is the king of the Jews. Luke 23, verse 38. Did he make the, cor the correct political decision in releasing Barabbas, a known killer? Okay, Luke 23, 25. Pilate did not rest, especially when he discovered from Joseph of Arimathea that the centurion and the centurion that Jesus had died too soon. Having given so many decrees of execution, Pilate knew that a crucifixion was a whole day or even days of fear. And here, this man he had heard of rumors about being a spiritual king was already dead. Pilate did not rest that Sabbath. The Roman soldiers, of course, did not rest, but unlike Pilate, they thought nothing of it. They were going about their usual duties, duties of maim and mayhem, missing the significance of this momentous occasion. They went about breaking the legs of the two thieves, but when they came to Jesus and seeing him already resting, that sleep of death, they did not break his legs, fulfilling prophecy, but they did spear his side. It did not matter. Christ had followed his father's will all his life, and that is why he had come to show us that it could be done. Done what? Relying on the Father. And he had come to make salvation complete. Never again would the Savior of the world die for everyone's sins. It was done, and he rested. The next day, on Sabbath, the soldiers were holding guard around the tomb of Jesus. When I was in the United States Navy and had duty on Saturday, I was working on Sabbath and got paid for it. The soldiers were not resting but working. It is my opinion that even if you work in a hospital or base clinic, as I did in the Navy on Sabbath, you may keep Sabbath, but are you really resting? Like Pilate, the soldiers were not accustomed to observing the Jewish Sabbath, being Gentiles. However, more is involved in keeping Sabbath holy than going through the rituals. Ellen G. White wrote that while the Roman God were keeping watch over the sealed 
and border door of the tomb, quote, there were unseen watchers. Hosts of evil angels were gathered about the place, end quote. I do not know about you, but if one is not in Christ, evil angels are, n are not allowed to let one rest. I do not care how brave you are in a crack Army Special Forces platoon, your mind is no match for satanic forces. The soldiers did not rest that Sabbath. The priests. The priests, on the other hand, Sabbath was a custom for these Jewish leaders. They were so fastidious about Sabbath, they had, on one occasion, Herod Jesus because his disciples picked food for breakfast on a Sabbath. But now their minds were all tumultuous due to the fact that some of them had seen the huge veil in the temple torn supernaturally from top to bottom. The rending of this curtain signified that the old order of ceremonies and sacrifices in an earthly sanctuary were over. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross replaced those activities. It also began a new era when people could approach God directly through Christ in the heavenly sanctuary. It dawned on me while preparing for this, I always want to lift up my God and his son Jesus Christ because they're a God of love and mercy God had the angels, and he did it with his hand, split that veil from top to bottom. The, the priests could not reach it to the top to do that themselves. This was supernatural, right? Because if he had not, one, they recognized that from the time of Adam all the way up to their time, they had been sacrificing these animals, pointing to Jesus Christ. Here he was, on the cross, dead. Plan of salvation had been finished up to that point, that point. If he had not, they would have continued sacrificing animals. God is a God of mercy, even towards the animal kingdom. But they did all the way up to A.D. 70. And then finally God said, that's enough. The Romans came in and took over Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. And then finally the Jews got the message, no more sacrificing. Andrew's study Bible says that having guilty consciences and wicked minds, how could a priest rest after seeing the most holy place open and join with the holy place? This had never been done before from the time in the wilderness with the cloth-like temple. Okay, they had never seen the inside to the holy place. Only the priest once a year. But now, bam, there it is, open to everyone. With gloomy presentiments, the priest ministered before the altar. The uncovering of the sacred mystery of the most holy place filled them with dread of coming calamity. The priests did not rest. At Calvary, the priests had witnessed the Edenic promise, the Abrahamic promise, the Mosaic promise, the Balaam blessing, the Daniel dynasty all wrapped up in one day and their rejection, that inner turmoil was terminating their Sabbath rest. 
Yet the priests and the rulers were not at rest. They had carried out their purpose in putting Christ to death, but they did not feel the sense of victory they had expected. Even in the hour of their apparent triumph, they were harassed with doubts as to what would next take place. The priests did not rest on that Sabbath. The uh, Bible tells us in Matthew 27, verse 62 to 65, Matthew 27, Twenty-seven, sixty-two to 65. On the next day, which followed the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. 64, command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day. Least his disciples come by night and steal him away. And say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. 65, Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch, go your way, and make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone, and set in a watch. Note that phrase in verse 62. The next day that followed the day of preparation. What day were the priests doing political business? On Sabbath. Okay, bright open day of Sabbath and they're doing political business. But they harassed Jesus during his life about his disciples just picking some, some, um, some wheat. Okay, crushing it between their hands and eating it for breakfast. Okay, also they devised that, hey, we got to get rid of Jesus, kill him, his murder. They're um, devising his, his murder on the Sabbath also. So the priests did not rest. This was indeed one Sabbath that Jewish civil and Jewish religious leaders did not rest, could not rest. On Sabbath, they had to take care of business, business with Pilate, seal the tomb, business with the occupiers, the soldiers, seal the tomb, stand guard. What does the Bible say? If you break one commandment, you have broken all. The priests had already murdered the Son of God. What did the Sabbath mean to them now? However, that Sabbath morning, Quote, by men of intellect, these priests and rulers were called upon to explain the prophecies of the Old Testament concerning the Messiah. And while trying to frame some falsehood in reply, they became like men insane. The priests did not rest that Sabbath. Okay, so the background to this is that Elder White is saying that that Sabbath morning, people like usual, Jesus Christ did this when he was alive. It was his custom to go into the sanctuary on the Sabbath. That Sabbath morning, Jesus resting in the tomb, people are wondering where he is. People are wondering, they're getting some kind of idea that, hey, tell us about the prophecies concerning the Messiah. The priest could not. Elder White says they became like insane men trying to explain the Bible to the people that Sabbath morning. The priest did not rest. 
However, Desire's agent states that at last Jesus was at rest. The long day of shame and torture was ended. As the last rays of the setting sun, sun ushered in the Sabbath, the Son of God lay in quietude in Joseph's tomb. His work completed, his hands folded in peace, he rested through the sacred hours of the Sabbath day. Now Jesus rested from the work of redemption, and though there was grief among those who loved him on earth, yet there was joy in heaven. What about the disciples? Luke 23. I like Luke. Luke gives so much details of the gospel. Luke 23, 56. Luke 23, 56 states that the female disciples states this about the female disciples. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. That's what the Bible says. I believe the Bible as well as you do. However, I want to argue that the 12 did not rest that Sabbath in A.D. 31. The Bible does not say much about where the disciples were, the 12, and what they were doing during that Sabbath, but we can get a tiny glimpse from what happened on that Thursday night after Jesus' arrest. The Bible tells us in Mark 14, Mark 14, verses 50 to 51. Okay, I, I like to hear that turning. I'm putting aside in here to my reading. But I like to hear the turning of the Bible because we Adventists are still people of the word. So we go to the word and we get our uh, inspiration, our... Um, our truth, our knowledge, 1450 to 51. Then they all forsook him and fled. Who's the they? The 12, right? Because they had just been with him in the upper room for the communion service, the last communion, uh, or ushering in of the Lord's Supper communion. Okay, so this is the ones we're talking about. Now a certain young man followed him having a linen cloth thrown over his naked body. And the young man laid hold of him, and the young men laid hold of him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. I remember during the Vietnam conflict slash war, one of the many startling photos to come out of that era was of a 10-year-old Vietnamese girl who was running naked down the road. Her village had just been mistakenly napalmed by her own Air Force, and she had gotten burned over 30% of her body. Fear would make you run naked. What are clothes if your life is at stake? The disciples were afraid for their lives. The male and female disciples attempted to keep Sabbath as was their custom, but when you are afraid, do you really rest on Sabbath? A psychologist in the Harvard Gazette, Pace Shalott, acknowledges um, that 
We know people are more reactive to fear in the evening. So that was Thursday night. Then we have sundown Sabbath, and the disciples are hidden away. While everyone else was busy with the cares of rejecting the Savior of the world or the disciples' lack of faith, help thou my unbelief, acceptance of Christ, who was resting, proving that he indeed was Lord of the Sabbath, the women disciples had waited and watched for the hours of the Sabbath to pass. Okay, repeat. The women disciples had, the men disciples were hidden away, not resting. The women disciples had waited and watched for the hours of the Sabbath to pass. Does this remind you of us today? In conclusion, God requires only one of our seven days for rest. Jesus took it, following his father's will. And when Sabbath ended, he rose and returned to work. And there he is now in the heavenly courts interceding on our behalf. The Sabbath was made for humanity so that God could bless us by giving us this special time to be with him. And I have a simple appeal to end. The Bible was written and Holy Spirit inspired to admonish us, instruct us, and edify us. From the sacred pages, we learn that Christ rested even in death on the Sabbath. And he is the only one who can give us a true Sabbath rest. If you would like Christ to work out your Sabbath rest and blessing, stand, I would like to pray for you so it would be so. Father in heaven, you see your saints, you see your people, spiritual Israel standing before you. We know that the Sabbath is an institution created by you for us. It's an institution that is classical. That means that time has no effect on it. Place has no effect on it. Lord, be with your people that in these Sabbath hours, they would get the true rest that you would want them to have. And I plead for myself especially. You know the thoughts that can come up on Sabbath morning, Sabbath school, during the sermon, after Sabbath, just preparing for the next day and work thoughts. And I got this idea I need to, to do and that idea to do. Oh, this is a great thing that I'm going to do, you know, this other day. But am I really getting the rest, Lord? No, I'm not. I plead with you to help us because it's our special day, 24 hours, that we can commune with you because you love us and you are life and we need that life. Be with your people in a special way this Sabbath day. Amen.